A God-Centered Theology of Suffering, on this edition of Truth and Love. I'm Dale Johnson, and you're listening to Truth and Love, a podcast of the Association of Certified Biblical Counselors, where we seek to provide biblical solutions for the problems that people face. And this week on the podcast, I am delighted to have with us uh, Paul Touches. Paul is an ACBC certified member. He is a fellow with our organization. He's also the pastor of Cornerstone Community Church in Mayfield Heights, Ohio. He's married to Karen, and they have 10 children and six grandchildren. Paul, I said that you do not look old enough to have six grandchildren. It's amazing. He's also written a little booklet, a 31-day devotional called Anxiety, Knowing God's Peace. Paul, I'm so grateful that you're here to talk with us about this very difficult subject of suffering and how to have a God-centered theology. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much, Dale. It's good to be here. Paul, as we think about suffering, what happens most in suffering is people begin to question the goodness of God, the kindness of God, even the, the sovereignty of God. Can God really be sovereign? Can he be good in moments of suffering? Suffering brings pressure that it's immense and forces us, as the Bible recognizes, forces us to ask all sorts of questions about God in, in, in our pain, asking real questions, raw questions. Can you talk for a second just about uh, having a God-centered theology in suffering and what we focus on to maintain that God-centered theology? Yeah, the sovereignty of God is, you know, bedrock truth in our theological foundation. But I have found that in my own heart and life and in ministry with others, making sure to keep the connection between the sovereignty of God and the goodness and wisdom of God, Mm. and together those qualities or those attributes combine to form what we would call the providence of God, Mm. which is God's, not only his sovereignty and governance over everything, which which can sometimes be perceived as being cold mm. or detached, uh, but providence reminds us that God is intimately acquainted with all of our ways, mm. and uh, he has a good purpose that he's accomplishing even through the most difficult things we go through. And so when when we have a moment of suffering, and it comes in varied ways and often in different styles and degrees, What are some of the primary questions that would force someone to question that bedrock of suffering uh, and still trusting in the sovereignty and providence of a good God? Well, I think many times we want to blame Mm. someone, and uh, sometimes we blame ourselves. And and perhaps there there is even a degree of truth uh, in that at times Mm. in which um, we bring upon ourselves certain trials, yeah. but uh, we do tend to want to look for someone to blame yeah. and uh, even uh, possibly blame God. Yeah. I have found even in my own response to trials at times, uh, the Holy Spirit show me that actually at the bottom and the root of my response yeah. was actually a questioning of the goodness of God. Yeah. Um, kind of the way that Satan tempted Eve in the garden yeah to question the goodness of God, I think that he's doing the same thing to us Mm -hmm. when we suffer. So we know from Scripture, even when we question the goodness of God by our suffering, we know from Scripture that uh, the bedrock of our trust is in what Scripture says about God is sovereign and he's providential. But 
there have to be certain pillars, or maybe we would say anchors of truth, that we would tie ourselves down to when the winds of suffering are blowing. Can you talk about what some of those pillars might, might look like? Yeah, I think fundamentally we need to remember that God does all things well. Mm. God does all things good. And especially for those who are in Christ, he works all things together for good to mm. those who love him. Um, but that that isn't just a, a quaint little you know verse that we throw around mm. in a casual way. It really becomes for us uh, a deep-seated pillar of truth that we cling to mm. in times of suffering because God doesn't always let us see what he's doing. Mm. You know, he always sees the whole puzzle already put together and yeah. we might see one or two pieces and we don't understand how it all fits in. Mm. And um, to see that God is working together for good. And if we go on then in the next verse in Romans 8, 29, mm -hmm. Paul tells us what the good is. The mm. good is to conform us to the image of Christ. Yeah. And so somehow through the suffering, God wants me to humbly uh, submit to his rulership in my life and mm. walk by faith in such a way that I become a different person, mm -hmm. more like Christ because of the suffering. Mm -hmm. And so what we're seeing is that God does work these things together for our good. Chief among those is that we're transformed into the, into the image of Christ. Uh, talk about some of the other good purposes that we see from God in our suffering. I think one of the most amazing things the Lord does through our suffering is equip us for ministry. Mm. Um, the Second Corinthians 1, that as we experience the comfort of God, uh, then God puts into our lives more and more people who need the same comfort that we have received from Him. Mm. And I think this dovetails in with Second Corinthians 12, where uh, the apostle is talking about this thorn in the flesh mm. that was given to him by Satan under the sovereign governance of God, mm. but it was for the purpose of humbling him, mm -hmm. and I believe making him more useful. Mm -hmm. So I think suffering makes us more useful to God yeah. in his work, provided that we respond in the humility and the faith mm. that, that he's after in our hearts. Yeah, and the beauty of it, I think, is it begins to really um, help us to come to grips with our weakness. And in our weakness, we see then Christ really is strong. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And Paul, as we talk about these things, it's it's fun for us to talk about uh, the beauty of the sovereignty of God, the way that we're impacted to maybe even question our own uh, abilities and our own strengths. But it's another thing altogether to take these truths and to sit across the table from someone uh, who's experienced some sort of suffering. So bring this into the counseling room, the beauty, the beautiful truths that you've just been describing, the, the pillars of truth that God has given us to anchor our soul to. How do we begin to work with somebody who is uh, struggling through some sort of deep issue of suffering? How do we begin to, to take this part of the water of the Word and begin to wash their soul with it? How do we begin to practically do that? Well, I like to use different uh, genres of Scripture mm -hmm. to do that. You would use the teaching portions that would be filled with exhortations and promises. But I think also there are narrative portions of the Bible that are so incredibly helpful to us uh, in counseling because we see one of the things we love about Scripture is its total honesty mm -hmm. about uh, human beings and what we are really like. Mm -hmm. And so in the area of suffering, 
one of my favorite passages would be the first chapter of 1 Peter, mm. where Peter talks about trials and exhorts the believers there who were suffering mm-hmm. to not be surprised. Don't be surprised by the suffering. And and one of the most beautiful things that comes out of that passage is this picture of suffering as being the refining mm. furnace yeah. that God heats up our lives to uh, for the purpose of letting the impurities in our heart float to the surface mm. so we can see them, mm. we can repent of them, and we can become more like Christ. Mm. And then I like to go into to the book of Genesis, chapters 39 to 50, mm-hmm. and just mm-hmm. walk through the life of Joseph, uh, because I think that it is incredible when you consider all that God was doing, mm. not just in Joseph's life, and his heart in humbling him. Hmm. I, I do think that even though the scripture doesn't exactly say in a, in a very clear way that Joseph um, was proud in those early years, hmm. I think that we can see hmm. some of his joy in being lifted up hmm. um, above his brothers and even his parents. And yet at the end of the book, we see a broken humble man Mm -hmm. who was used by God to actually preserve the earthly line of the Messiah. Yeah. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. we don't see the big picture, and that's what I like to do. I like to help people see that in the midst of your suffering, God Mm -hmm. is doing so much more Mm -hmm. than you realize and that you can see, and he really is trustworthy. I think that's such an important truth is just we can't see the big picture, and and oftentimes our eyes— uh, are fuzzy to see what God might be doing, especially when we get myopic in the in a situation. Uh, but we step back and see the big picture. And and truth of the matter is, uh, Paul, you're no stranger to suffering. You've experienced suffering in your life. And uh, when I read something like James one two, that we can consider it joy when we walk through trials of various kinds. Uh, there's a testimony that's there where you can confidently say these things about the Word of God because. You yourself have experienced that these truths from God's Word are absolutely true and trustworthy because of the joy you can experience through suffering. Yes, and it's so rewarding and glorifying to God to mm. be able to look backwards and see that I'm really I'm a different person today than I was five years ago, mm. ten years ago, that God has used certain forms of suffering mm. to confront certain things in my own heart mm. and and to teach me to trust him at a deeper level mm-hmm. uh, and that's just so <laughs> it brings joy you know to know that that God really is doing what he said he would do mm-hmm. well and I know for counselors that changes us personally it, it it makes us confident that when we minister the word of God that the word of God is true and the word of God is effective because we see it effective even in our own hearts. Paul, thank you for being here. Thank you for being transparent and describing uh, the beautiful truths of God's Word in the difficulty of suffering. You're listening to Truth and Love, a podcast of ACBC. I want to remind you that with our annual conference, we also do a pre-conference the Monday prior to our annual conference. And Paul Touches was with us speaking on this very subject, uh, a God-centered theology of suffering. 
I think it would be important for us. It's hard to flesh out fully in a 10-minute conversation. I think it would be important for you guys to revisit that talk, and it will be available on our website. So I want to encourage you to visit our resources page so that you can be better equipped to have a God-centered theology when you walk through suffering personally, but then also when you minister and comfort those with the truths of God's Word so that they can be equipped to walk through suffering as well. If you want to know more information about that pre-conference and Paul's talk, you can visit us at biblicalcounseling.com.